Well, good afternoon, evening, almost, I don't know, it's still after, it's afternoon still. Hey, those cups are the bomb, right? Thank you for the team that put it together. Yes, thank you, guys. Thank you for the drinks and the coffee and everything. It's awesome. Keeping us awake and alive. Are we awake? Are you guys awake? Is it good? Good? Why don't you, like, shake the person next to you, say, don't fall asleep. It's that time. Hey, and by the way, feel free to sit on the floor if it's easier for you or more comfortable. Come closer, relax. Just before we keep moving forward with what Hunter's going to be teaching this afternoon, I just wanted to encourage all of us today. And I know we have the ELS students, the ones that are stepping up and saying, I want to grow in leadership and encounter church. I want to be part of the leadership force. But I want to talk to the people that have been serving here for a while now. <laughs> you know, if you've served here for eight years, seven years, six, five, four, I just feel like we've heard this, like, that the teaching that RJ, in different ways, we have heard this before. But let's just never think that we graduate from these things. Does that make sense? Like, like sitting, like, as I'm listening to this, if you've been in our church for eight years, seven, six, five, you've heard this. And sometimes because we know it, it does not necessarily mean we are living it. So we can know all the things, but we don't do all the things. So how are we handling tension right now? How are we, uh, how are we addressing relationships? You know, because I feel like the, the, the more you lead, the more relationships you're going to deal with. And, and sometimes relationships get, hard, relationships get hard from time to time, you know. Obviously, we should not be living in a constant hardship with relationships. I mean, that's not normal either. But the relationships are too hard and are messy, like Arja was saying. And I feel like the, as if you are a leader for many, many years, you, your heart can get hard towards relationships because if you've been in ministry, there's Judas every year. Does it make sense? <laughs> you think, like, not, that's not going to happen to you, but it happens, like, you know, from time to time. Sometimes we have experienced Judas, but sometimes we are the Judas. <laughs> no, sometimes, sometimes I, I've been a Judah, Judas, 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 Judas. I've been a Judas to a friend or to a person. Does that make sense? So when it gets raw, I love it because that's where God can work. Because God work when we're broken. So make sure that our hearts have not grown so hard that when we hear this, we say, oh, we know it, but we're not living it. And I think it's very key for our old leaders and our new leaders here together to know that relationships are always worth fighting for. And in our church, even though have you heard some people that just recently left our church? And if you don't know, you're like, who left the church? We fought till we could to have conversations with them. 
But sometimes when we have issues with people, we talk to the wrong person. Does that make sense? And I want to challenge you with this. When I have, I have had issues with people. I have had issues with my husband. <laughs> I have had issues with our leadership team. I, we know we, just so you know, we're going to have issues. Leadership is not perfect. Like, if you think that a, a leadership team will never have issues and we're going to be, like, singing La La Land, I don't know, forever together, that's not true. Because we are people. We're human beings. But when I have an issue, does it make sense, with, with, with someone, <laughs> I was going to say with Kate, just kidding. <laughs> no, this is what I want you to learn. This is what I want you to learn. You always talk up, you don't talk down. What does that mean? If I have an issue with my husband in the level of, we have so many levels, like we can have issues as pastor to be like, hey, I don't, I don't see what you're seeing, you know. I'm not going to go to someone that is spiritually down that is going to hear my complaint, does that make sense, and does not understand, you know? So first, I'm going to come and talk up. First, if I, I'm afraid and I don't know how to handle, not, not that I'm afraid of you, but if really I don't know how to approach, you know, so, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how to address, you know what I'm saying, the situation, I'm going to go to one of my mentors for wisdom, wisdom. And so, a lot of what people complain, a lot of the people, not complain, and not a lot of people, but one of the issues is that the people that, that leave the churches is that they don't talk to the person that they have the issue or a leadership around it that can give them wisdom. Because sometimes we feel stuck, right? Like the emotions, like, are, like, like how do you say, like, worked up like the emotions are worked up and then it and you know what happened you cannot differentiate between the god the, vo the voice of god and your emotions at some point and your anger and your disappointment you know so what you do in that case you you don't you just don't think that your emotions are the voice of god that's what you don't think and that's why you bring it to the person or you bring it to someone higher spiritually that can see better than you because you are right here, right? You are here with your emotions, with your doubts, with your confusion, with your disappointment. You bring it to someone that can see above all that and still sees where you are and validates what, what you're feeling but can bring you truth and guidance. So one of the cultures that we all know is that we, we are here to talk to each other even though it sucks. That's the truth. Even though we're going to, I'm going to hear your heart. But because we, you know, as leaders, our job is to take care of the sheep at the end. And we are not going to be perfect. Does that make sense? We're going to, we don't have it 100% because we're going to have it 100% in heaven. And that's why there's not going to be pain and sadness and sickness because that's, that's heavenly. That's eternity. But while we are here, we need to fight for true. I, we read just recently in our Bible study, honesty and truth. We should live lives of honesty and truth. And not just make our hearts hard. 
like you brush it off once, you brush it twice, you brush it three times, and it's going to explode at some point. And then sometimes we explode with the wrong people. You know what I'm saying? But before you get to volcano level, because I've been there. I've been there with my own relationship with my husband, with my friends, where I just was, and then out of the sudden you hear it all, like, you know, there, here it is. Let's, let's foster that culture of honesty with, we are honest with our disciples, but the honesty, if there's something wrong, you can come to your leaders as well. Does that make sense? It's, it's both ways with honor. With honor. It's both ways with honor. Because some people also come and say, well, I'm just going to tell you how I feel, blah, 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 you know, and they just like, super dishonorable but we're going to treat people with honor and then we're going to teach our 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 congregation and the younger believers to speak with honor but honesty and truth we are not playing games does that make sense we're not fooling anyone and we are not liars like we don't lie i don't lie so Let's find out. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not complicated. It just requires character and it requires, how do you say? Pantalones. Pantalones. <laughs> to come to the person that you care. And if you truly care, you're going to come to the person and tell it. As body of Christ. Like, both, you know? We're not playing church and we're not playing leadership. We're not playing gospel. And yes, people are going to leave and people are going to come, but we're going to keep moving forward to what God calls us to do. Because we believe, I believe that God calls us to do something here. So, so as, as, a, as, a, as a, a, a young leader, start your leadership with honesty and truth. And as an old leader, keep being honest and keep being truthful. If you have something in your heart, deal with it. Are you really being accountable or you just know it all but you're not living it? Does that make sense? So, yeah. Now I'm going to have to teach and fast forward. That was session one and a half. I know I think Liz said it, but I'll just say it again. Uh, we never graduate. We never grow out of character building. Never. Don't ever, ever get to the point where you think, well, I've been a leader for a while and my character is developed and so I don't have to go through this testing thing. I am in my 25th year of full-time ministry and I think at times I'm tested more now than before. Why? Because the more God is able to develop my character, the more I'm, like RJ showed us, the more I'm going to be able to contain and sustain the anointing and the calling and the gifting and everything God's given me to give to people. So don't ever think you grow out of it. Especially the part that RJ said, don't, you don't ever think you will ever grow out of needing someone that can tell you no. Okay? I have someone who can tell me no, and he often does. So, all right. We'll talk about that later. All right. So this is uh, <laughs> for this. I don't know what that was all about, but I'm sure it was funny. Okay. Um, yeah, well, she definitely does. She's definitely the main no, but um, 
That's sometimes why we, anyway, okay. So for, for session two, you have a handout. That's what this one was for. So if you want to take that out, you have a little space there to take some notes, the scriptures there. Um, I want to talk to you today and, um, about discipleship dynamics, okay? And because this is sort of a lot, it's kind of a mouthful, we're going to divide session two into two parts. What I'm going to do is I'm going to teach you the first half of it, then we're going to take a quick three, five-minute breather, pee, snack, coffee break, come back, and then finish it out with the second half of that. Is that okay? All right, so let's, who's ready for discipleship dynamics? I called this session, I called this session discipleship dynamics because discipleship is dynamic, <laughs> right? What, what does it mean when something is dynamic? Moving, fluid, it has a lot of moving parts, right? Discipleship is, is, is uh, I'm not saying it's complicated because it really isn't, but it is involved, okay? It is very involved, it is very much a moving uh, a, a moving, active machine, okay? So discipleship dynamics. Are we ready to roll with this? So for both the, for part one and part two of this session, our main scripture is going to be Mark chapter three. You have it there in your handout. You'll have it here on the screen. And so what I want to do is read through it, and then we're going to break down a few things from here. Ready? I said, are you Ready? We're going to read first out of the message, okay? Mark uh, 3, 13 through 19, the message. And you guys have been around long enough to know that when I pause, you. So are we ready? He. 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 He climbed a mountain and invited those he wanted to go, he wanted with him. They. Very good. They? Okay, let's do that again. He? A mountain and invited those he wanted with him. They? They did what? Oh, they climbed together. He settled on 12 and? And? Designated them apostles. The plan was that they would be with him, that he would send them out to proclaim the word and give them authority to banish demons. I love banish. That's a great way to say cast out. Get out of here, right? These are the 12. Simon, Jesus later named him Peter, meaning rock. Uh, so nicknames, right? You see the relationship here. James, son of Zebedee. John, brother of James. Jesus nicknamed the Zebedee brothers Buanerges, which means sons of thunder. Like Thor. Okay. Andrew. Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James. I don't know why they didn't have nicknames. They must have been boring. Son of Alphaeus, no. Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, and his nickname was who later betrayed him. <laughs> Let's go back to the top of that uh, in our scripture. He, he, a mountain and invited those he wanted with him, and they... He settled on 12 and designated them, okay? I want you to say climb, together, designate. Those are the three words we're going to focus on in this first part of discipleship uh, dynamics. Okay, first of all, say climb. Leadership is a life of ascension. 
RJ talked about and we learned about in our final class of ELS, the scripture from Romans 12 that says if you are a leader, you have the gift of leadership, okay? And I would just go ahead and say, everybody in here, you're in the re-encounter because you either are already leading in some capacity or you've been trained through ELS and you're a potential leader, right? Isn't that why we're all here? If you're not here because of that, then I'm not sure why you came, but... That's what we're here for, okay? Leadership is a life of ascension, a life of climbing, okay? Leadership is a life of upward movement. Another simple way we could say that is leadership is a life or should be a life of never-ending growth, okay? The moment... We stop ascending is the moment we stop leading. Why? Because to lead someone, where do you need to be in respect to them? In front of, ahead, above, right? If I'm not in front of you, ahead of you, over above you where am I going to take you right so leadership is literally a commitment to never-ending upward movement never-ending growth never-ending ascension okay come on somebody say going up 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 See, if I stop going up, I have nowhere to take anyone else. So I love the fact that Jesus didn't just climb the mountain. You ready for this? He invited some to go with him up the mountain. And that, in reality, is what leadership looks like. It's I'm ascending, I'm climbing up on the mountain, right? I'm growing, I'm constantly moving upward, and I'm inviting you to come with me. That's what leadership, the Jesus kind of leadership is. The Jesus kind of leadership isn't, I'm the boss and I'm here to tell you what to do. That's worldly leadership. The Jesus type of leadership is, I'm moving up, 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 And I'm inviting you to come with me, okay? So leadership is when we invite people to climb with us, to ascend with us. Now, I want us to look at Psalm 24, 3 through 6, because, you know, we could go an entire session on the ways we ought to ascend, the ways we ought to climb. Come on, do we understand we got to climb? Come on, somebody. Do you know Jesus didn't just appear on the top of the mountain? Nor the ones that went with him. They didn't just appear on the top of the mountain. They had to do some climbing. It involves effort. It involves intentionality, okay? You don't just grow just because. People sitting around waiting to grow. I just want to grow. Well, what happens when we wait around to grow is the opposite. Rather than ascend, we descend okay and so 
to climb, we actually have to do, do things. Now, there's a lot of ways that if we want to be real leaders in the kingdom of God, we've got to be climbing. Okay, we've got to be ascending. We've got to be going up that mountain. There's a lot of, we need to climb character development, right? Come on, we need to climb in our prayer life. We need to climb in our understanding of the word of God, right? In our, in our study of God's word. We need to climb. We need to ascend. We need to grow in our people skills. Come on, somebody. Yes? We need to climb. In, if, if we're really going to lead well, I'm not saying you need to be a preacher, but we all have to climb and grow and ascend and get better at communicating. Yes? So there's a lot of things as leaders, and I'm not going to go into all those topics, but there's a lot of things we need to be constantly pursuing growth, climbing. But there's one thing that we have to always this isn't something that we can work on sometimes. This is something we must work on all the time. There's one area that we always have to climb in, and that is our devotion. Our devotion to God. It's our relationship, personal relationship with Him. Learning to love and delight ourselves in Jesus. Notice he invited them up on the mountain with him. It wasn't come up on this mountain of opportunity to be amazing. They became amazing, yes, but it wasn't come on up on this mountain of whatever. It was come up on this mountain with me. He invited them to be with him. We just read it. The plan was, sorry, this is back in the scripture. It says the plan was that they would be with him. And I want you to look at me and I want you to, to hear this with your heart. The plan for your life. If you're a brand new leader, if you're not leading anyone, if you're getting ready to lead others, if you are a leader of multitudes, if you've been leading forever, the plan is for you to be with Jesus. We have to be with him on the mountain. We've got to be with him. We have to learn to, that that is our, our greatest ability, our greatest skill as a leader, is that we've learned to be on the mountain with Jesus. That we've learned to delight ourselves in him. That we've learned to get our satisfaction, our contentment, not from how things are going in my discipleship group. Come on. Sometimes it's great and sometimes it ain't. You know. And if you haven't led a discipleship group yet, you will know. Sometimes it's great and sometimes it's hate. Just kidding. Not hate, but it's sometimes it's awesome and sometimes it's not everything is awesome. So if we're trying to find our satisfaction, our contentment in life and in, in the people that we're leading or that we're flourishing in our gifting or that we're making enough money or that we feel fulfilled or whatever, then it's always going to be lacking. But I will tell you one thing that will never, ever leave you thirsty or dry is if you stay on the mountain with Jesus. Devotion. The main mountain we must forever ascend is the life of devotion 
Psalm 24 says, uh, three through six, this is the new living. New living. It says, who may what? Who may what? Climb the mountain of the Lord. Who may stand in his holy place? This is, ho- this is holy, y'all. A relationship with Jesus, our personal relationship with Jesus, is a very holy thing. Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They'll receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Again, I don't have time to teach you in depth on this. You need to dig into these four verses right here. But just briefly, hands and hearts pure. It means that we're constantly pursuing a lifestyle of purity. Purity in what we allow ourselves to watch. Purity in what we allow ourselves to listen to. Okay? And I know the group of people I'm talking to, I'm not talking about watching terrible, dirty movies. I hope not. I'm not talking about listening to satanic music. I'm talking about watching things that you know compromise your purity. That maybe other people wouldn't know that. Listening to conversations that compromise the integrity of your heart. Okay? Hearts and hands, not only our, not only our hearts, but our hands, the things we allow ourselves to touch, the places we allow ourselves to go. Right? A life of purity, a life of integrity. Now, this is not something that you just, now I, now I got it. I've achieved it. Now I'm pure. Right? Because things that are pure become impure when they get contaminated. Purity, you know, purity is, is a lifelong pursuit. It is something that isn't achieved It's something that's cultivated and maintained. Yes? Are we getting this? Purity isn't something that, oh, yeah, I got that down. You know what? I got sexual purity down. We're good until we're not. I'm not a gossiper until I am. I don't watch those things until, oops, I did. I don't go there. I don't touch that. I don't drink that, whatever, until we do. Don't ever think, oh, I'm pure. We always have to keep our eyes on the mountain that we're climbing. We have to constantly climb, ascend, move upward, grow in purity and maintain it. Amen? And then um, it says, uh, never worship idols or don't, don't worship idols. This means we must constantly fight to keep God as number one. Because how many of us know that there's always something trying to compete? 
So it's, a, it's our responsibility that as we climb, we have to climb to make sure that we're not, we don't have idols. That we keep God number one, and then it says never tell lies. And again, I think that's pretty clear that we have to maintain honesty. We've got to stay honest. Yes? It says these are the ones who will be able to worship and, have a, and seek God and have a right relationship with God. Hey, look, I don't know about you, but I, I, need to, I need to keep working on all of that. Anybody else? All right. So climb. And we invite people to climb with us. As a leader, this is important. We don't see our relationship with God as just me and God. But my relationship with God is an example to others. Because I'm inviting them to climb with me. So that's the next word. It says that he invited them and they climbed together. They did what? They climbed together. All right. I want you to say opportunity, Opportunity. response, Response. opportunity, Opportunity. response. Response. Maybe you want to write that down. A life of, of, of discipleship is a life of opportunities and responses. Jesus was going to climb that mountain no matter what anybody else did. Hello? Yes? Salud. But he invited them to climb with him. And they did. So he gave them the opportunity... But they had to respond. Look at me. If you're going to grow as a disciple, you're going to be given opportunities by the Lord and by leaders in your life. The opportunity to be given to you comes from God and it oftentimes comes from your leaders. But the response is always on us. See, these people, these men could have not climbed the mountain with Jesus. They could have said, no, I'd rather fish. I'd rather collect taxes. You know, all the things that they did. But no, Jesus gave them opportunity, the opportunity, and they responded by going with him. This is the thing. As a leader who makes other disciples, we have to provide opportunities for people. Opportunities to come up with us. Opportunities to grow opportunities to ascend leaders give opportunities for growth it's very simple i want you to think about the people that you are discipling or the people that you're reaching that aren't even yet disciples and you're like i don't have anybody yet i want you to think about the people you're going to reach and disciple. Your job, my job, our job as leaders is to present to them opportunities to come up the mountain with us. To know G, to come and be with Jesus. To hear his words. To know his heart. To experience his presence. To learn of him. To be used by him. 
Our job is to provide the opportunities. And it's each person's responsibility to respond. Look at me. You can't make someone climb the mountain with you. But sometimes they don't climb with us because we haven't given them the opportunity. We have to intentionally, this is so important, we have to intentionally bring people along with us in our journey as we climb. Okay? And then that leads us to the third one. Only those who came up on the mountain, only those, okay, this is important for us to get. He didn't just invite these 12 up on the mountain. We don't know how many people he invited. It just says he invited people that he wanted to come with him. We know, listen, we know later on that there were many, many, many more disciples than just the 12. We know for sure there were at least 72 that he sent out. And we know for sure that there were many more that followed him around all over the place. Including many women who were there helping and serving and providing, okay? So, but, 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 but we, what we don't think about sometimes is all those people that he invited, we know that some of them came up on the mountain with him. And it, were, it was only those that were in the pool of possible future leaders because it says then he settled on 12 or he let's see he settled on 12 and designated them his apostles only people and I'll say this first to myself and to all of us okay First, let's take this for us, and then we'll apply it to people that we're reaching and discipling. Yes? Yes? Only people who respond to the opportunity to climb, to grow, to ascend, are qualified to ever become designated. He designated 12 of them as his apostles. But they were only even taken into a consideration because they climbed with him. How many of us want to not only be leaders, but make other people leaders? Come on, if I'm a good leader, in the end, I've multiplied myself and made more leaders. If I'm a good disciple, I'm going to turn back and go, oh, I've made some more disciples. Yes, Our goal, right, our heart is we don't want to just be the leader. We want to make more leaders. In fact, my heart is to train and equip and empower leaders that will be better than me. Yes? Or you want to be the best? I don't want to be the best. I want to make more people the best. I want to make more people better. We have to have that heart. Like, I want... To be able to say what Jesus told his 12 and his disciples, I'm going to go and you guys are going to do greater works than I. Okay, just think about that. He was literally telling them, y'all are going to do more than me. Now, obviously, we know that they weren't going to go die for the sins of the world. (laughs) What he was talking about is you're going to go out and you're going to touch and reach and lead more people than I ever will. 
Our heart has to be to see leaders multiplied, but only those who respond and climb are qualified to become designated. Come on, say climb together, designate. Question for you before we take our little pause. Are you climbing? Maybe you want to just ask that, am I climbing? Or am I just staring at the foot of the mountain? Am I growing or am I just wishing I could grow? Am I moving upward or just hoping one day to get up there? Am I bringing anyone with me? Is anyone climbing together with me? This is really important. RJ talked about tribe, right? Notice it wasn't just they didn't each individually climb with Jesus. They had to climb together. Right? Discipleship is a together thing. I'm going to teach the church about that tomorrow. But discipleship, is a, it's a together thing. We don't, we, we don't have the option of, I'm just going to do my thing with Jesus. It's a thing we do together. Okay? But as someone who wants to make other disciples, I have to ask myself, am I really giving people, am I bringing people along with me? Am I inviting people? Am I giving opportunities to people to grow, to climb, to ascend? Or am I just kind of going about it alone? And finally, the question, am I, is anybody responding that might be someone I ought to really invest in as someone who could could become designated. In other words, who could become another leader? We got to climb. We got to climb together, but we also have to be on the lookout. Who are those who are really doing this thing? Come on, y'all still with me? I know this is very spiritual. <laughs> Part two is very practical. But who is climbing with us? Who do we see as future possible leaders that we could multiply ourselves into yes come on say climb, climb. Together. together designate let's stand up